you musicians thank you pastor francis thank you musicians worship team for leading us in the presence of god and reminding us of who we are in christ somebody say an amen amen thank you let's give appreciate them yeah Thank you, Pastor Inming, for allowing me to preach here today as well. She herself is ministering in another church. Yeah, uh, really, I am glad to be here. How many of you are glad to be here? Yeah, that's good. You know, because it's good that you are here, it means you are healthy, alive and active and ready to hear the Word of God. Yeah, you know, honestly, I thought I wouldn't make it here again today. Uh, it's the second time that I just got uh, another bug of fever and um, vomiting, stomach cram, and uh, I just cannot eat. Uh, it's the second time in the past three months. The previous round, I actually had to get Pastor David uh, to stand in for me to preach at my slot. So I thought that somebody else will be here to preach to you guys this morning. Yeah, so praise God that I'm here because the last round, it took five days of medication, uh, rest, and I was still barely recovering, okay, at the verge of recovering only. But this time, um, after one day of medication, after TLC, tender loving care from my husband, family, yeah, all those around me, uh, after all that, I was still feeling miserable. Yeah, very miserable and at 3 a.m. on that um, Tuesday or we say Wednesday morning that Wednesday morning I, I reached out for prayer I said God you know I really need your healing if I'm going to preach on Sunday if I'm going to be well because I hate feeling that the, the, this sickness and you know I cannot sleep I cannot eat you know how many of you understand that feeling you know you cannot sleep you cannot eat oh so miserable and I reached out to God for prayer and I reached out for prayer on Instagram yeah how many of you know you can use uh, Instagram and social media for spiritual use yeah I hear one amen okay so you can use that and I reached out uh, for prayer and after that I just I slept I slept and then when I woke up on Instagram there was like uh, messages of prayer and uh, you know those praying hands saying you know we're praying for you and on and at that moment i felt better i felt better and there was an improvement in con my condition that morning i messaged my mom and i said uh, mom you know could you cook some miswa for me and so those of you who cook you know how small a miswa is right it's uh, it, like about this size yeah, about this size, and she cooked a quarter of that for me. Okay, because that's how little I could eat at that moment. And that afternoon, I ate one third of what Lenora would eat. Lenora is only one year, two months. Okay, so but by that evening, I was able to eat a meal. Somebody give God praise. Yeah, by evening, I felt like I was bursting not with misery but with joy and the miracle that God has had worked in my life and I'm so thankful to be healthy and believe that this message today will speak to your heart so somebody give God praise for the miracle and for the prayers of the saints yeah amen amen so let's uh, let's just pray heavenly father we thank you for giving us life for giving us health teach us lord today through your word and empower us with your holy spirit to live out the God purpose you have for us. 
and that others will be drawn closer to God through us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, since our camp, we have been emphasizing on the Holy Spirit and spiritual formation. Why are we emphasizing so much on spiritual formation? I gave that a thought and I, and I just felt reminded that it's because we live in a broken world where there is lack, loneliness, rejection, pain, suffering, sorrows, stress, chaos, and more. None of us will go through life not knowing brokenness, not being broken. If you have not experienced it, I have news for you. It is coming. <laughs> but I have good news for you that Jesus, He came to set us free from it. Yeah? Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up our wounds. So although we know for sure we live in a world that is broken, but we have Christ that makes us whole. And it is in the moments of brokenness where God's promises through Christ, where abundant life, joy, companionship, sonship, daughtership is found. In the brokenness, you will find, because of Christ's purpose for your pain, strength to persevere through it. It is all part of the process of spiritual formation. As believers, brokenness is not a bad thing. Would you tell your neighbor, brokenness is not a bad thing? Because brokenness is part of the process that reveals our need for God, reveals our need for wholeness that can only be found in God. Often, our joy gets snuffed out. Often, discouragement sets in and hope gets out of sight. But today, if you are going through brokenness, it is the perfect time for your spiritual formation. Somebody say an amen. We sing those songs. Oh, I hear my daughter saying amen. We sing those songs, powerful songs, that breakthrough is coming. There is joy for the morning. When you sing that, believe that because we have Christ. Remember that the brokenness that you feel, Christ can make whole. And if not on this earth, it will be in eternity. So, more than just spiritual formation today, I want to talk to you about being spiritually formidable. For me, what? <laughs> the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary okay, defines formidable as fearsome, frightening, hair-raising, intimidating, scary, spine-chilling, terrifying, and other words. And I imagine to myself, that should be how the enemy should see us. That I am formidable, don't you mess with me because I am spiritually formidable. Formidable. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says here, together let's read 1 to 3. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. You say, Pastor, I've heard this many times. I've even shared it. You know, I've even tried to live it out. 
So today, I want us to look at this verse with fresh eyes and further expansion from the TPT version. Okay, we're going to see the next slide. Is it? I hope, okay, it's not too small. Okay, so the brackets are the NIV and the ones uh, underneath is the TPT. So let's read again together. One, two, three. Now, uh, finally, now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Okay, when he said, be strong in the Lord, he says, one, two, three, be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in His mighty power, stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in and through you. Wow. Paul was telling the church in Ephesus to be strong. You need to be supernaturally infused through your bond with Christ. And that there is a mighty explosive power that flows in and through each and every one of us to make us stand victorious. That is what makes us formidable. And so let's say this together. I am formidable. Yeah, in Christ, I am formidable. Amen. Why do we need to be spiritually formidable? Why did God give us this explosive power to be formidable? Firstly, it's because the devil is scheming against you. If you read verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians, okay, together we, let's read it. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So the devil is scheming against each and every one of you. 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us, Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, and that enemy is not your parents, not your boss, not your children, not the people you hate, but the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. His scheme is to beat you down, trip you up and out of your race, distract you from focusing on God. Even right now, it could be from your device or your neighbor. <clears throat> okay? The devil doesn't want you to hear the truth, nor be concerned for the things that matter to God's heart. And he will come in form of scare strategies to intimidate you, attack to harm you and your loved ones, and want to hurt God's good plan for your life. But God gave us this explosive power to be formidable so that we can stand victorious against the schemes of the enemy. So we need to be ready. We need to know that we have been given spiritual weapons that make us formidable. For too long, we have been living intimidated by the prowls of this roaring, toothless lion. When we have the lion of Judah inside of us. So turn to your neighbor now and give them a roar. Come on, that's like Simba, ni. Lion King is coming out, huh? Okay, come on, you know, it sounds like you're working on your roar. Okay, so come on, let's try this again and give them the Lion of Judah roar. Oh! <laughs> Your Jesus is the mighty King, so enemies beware. Alright, okay, so remember Jesus is our mighty King. The next slide, yeah. Let's give them a roar, a mighty roar. Every time the enemy comes to you, 
tell the enemy, I've got the Lion of Judah inside of me. Amen? So three keys to be spiritually formidable. And I hope and believe that this will help you be more formidable than where you are right now. Firstly, live with the end game in mind. We have to stand our ground. Verse 13 of Ephesians 6 says this, that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, the day of evil will come. Surely, that is the news for us. The days are near and for some of us, we feel that the days are now. Where the enemy threatens and attacks your health, your child, your family, your business, your self-esteem, and other areas of your life. You know, in the Avengers Infinity Wars, Thanos travelled far and wide, and he battled all our favourite superheroes, okay, to get the five Infinity Stones, so that he could be so powerful and formidable, that with the snap of his finger, he could get his endgame that half of the population of all the galaxies turn into dust. But in the Avengers Endgame, the recent one, the Avengers said, whatever it takes, we will do in order to restore back that which was broken and stolen by Thanos and protect those that they loved, those who existed. In the midst of persecution and trials, when the enemy attacks us, our faith supersedes our fears and makes us formidable. We will be willing to do whatever it takes to partner with the Holy Spirit to stand our ground and not cower at the enemy's plans because Christ has already won. And while on earth, while we still have time, we must do whatever it takes to protect our loved ones, to prepare them towards eternal salvation and not just for a good, comfortable life here on earth. There is an end game in mind. Perhaps you say, Pastor, I may not have such big faith. Bible tells us mustard seed faith is what, it, what is needed. And if that is what you have, that is what, where you start today. If your end game and your goal is to have giant slaying faith like David, and you spend so much time scrolling on Instagram, news feeds, seeing how the media made and filtered people are slaying it, you are not going to find yourself having giant slaying faith. Or that you will not be able to slay the challenges that come your way. But if you use the time that you usually spend to idle, to oogle and scroll, to open your Bible and start scrolling your Bibles for a spiritual role model, you will begin to find that the Bible is actually not irrelevant. It is not old or boring. But it contains real stories of real people who lived whom we can identify with in different seasons of our lives. For example, 1 Samuel chapter 17, David, before he slayed Goliath, he was just a shepherd boy protecting his father's sheep. 
And his target practice was not any giant, but lions and bears that came to attack the sheep. But instead of running away, David roared back at them and says, I come to you not with sword, spear or javelin, but in the name of the Lord God Almighty. Daniel, he is one of my favourite role models. Daniel chapter 6. You know Daniel, he is one of those extra people, extra outstanding, extra outshine everybody, uh, and he was the king's pet. So for us, he would be the kind of classmate that we grow up with, who is the teacher's pet, that we won't like lah, unless you are the one. So Daniel, he had this habit of praying three times a day to God, and he had many haters. His haters persuaded the king that in order to get rid of Daniel, they persuaded the king to say, for the next 30 days, king, anyone who prays to anyone else other than you should be thrown into the lion's den. Wow. Daniel was unnerved. For the next 30 days, he made sure he opened his curtain wide, wide, so that they can see him praying in public. I mean, for us, I would be like, close the curtain and still pray, you know, nobody see. But he made sure it was public for them to see he was still praying, he was unnerved at the challenge, unnerved at the king's orders to only pray to him because God is the God that he serves. And so, his haters were delighted to have him thrown into prison, and not prison, into the lion's den, and get rid of him. How many of you, when you do well, or you're trying to be more kind, more loving, People are unappreciative and instead of rejoicing with you, they are jealous of your success and they try and plot your downfall to bring you down and they make your life more challenging than it already is. Nobody here? (laughs) Well, Daniel went through it too. Okay? He went through it and he continued and persisted through it. So he was sent to the lion's den. And in there, he prayed a lion mouth shutting prayer. If you, sitting here, wish you could shut someone's gossip, someone's backbiting mouth, and turn the situation around, the secret is, be like Daniel. Open the curtain wide, wide. Keep on praying. Let them know you serve a God who answers prayers. A God who shuts the mouth of lions, who shuts the lies of the enemy, pray unceasing. Be formidable in your prayer. Don't be afraid because of what people say. If you know what your God says about you, you are chosen. I am blessed, I am called, I am healed, I am whole. If you know whole, if you know what God says about you anointed why do you fear what others say about you keep persevering for us to grow in spiritual formidability it could only be a page away or a few clicks away live today with the end game in mind and you will stand your ground 
Live today knowing who and what kind of a person you want to be in the future and put action into it. Start praying today. Start slaying today. Not kill, uh, but in your prayers. Slay is actually a modern slang uh, today for like you're, you're, you're nailing it, okay? You're nailing it. Not literally slay. Alright, so second point. In order to be spiritually formidable, you must put on the full armor of God. Don't go commando. Okay, you all know what don't go commando is, right? Okay, don't go commando and sabo yourself. Okay, those of you who don't know and your neighbor is laughing, you ask them. Alright, don't go commando, don't go exposed naked. Alright, verse 13 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God. If it says, uh, yeah, no, yeah, thank you. So it, verse 13 actually says, put on the full armor of God. If you have to put on this armor, it means you can take it off and you can forget to put it back on. If you, uh, no, the Bible also says that the full armor of God, it means that we must take precaution not to leave out any piece of our suit. Okay, not one of us here this morning, you left out wearing a shirt or a pants or your intimates. You know exactly what is needed to be worn to church this morning. But do you know what are the armor pieces that we're supposed to put on every day in order to be protected from the vials of the enemy? How many of you know how many pieces are there? Wow, very good. Okay, let's hear the six. Those who know. The belt of truth. Breastplate of righteousness. Okay, the shield of faith. Okay, I hear one very loud. Huh? Sword of the spirit. Helmet of salvation. What's the last one? Shoes of the gospel of peace. Okay, let's take a look at the verse. And let's read it together. One, two, three. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness, with the... And people of God say, Amen. Have you ever wondered why you seem to be the one that things are usually not favorable? Or like you are always the target practice for the enemy. The poor, weak lamb that always gets shot at. But could it be you saboing yourself, giving open chance for the enemy? Come fire at me because you are walking about spiritually commando. All day, every day, an invisible war rages around us, unseen, unheard, and yet the impact is very felt in every aspect of our lives. The enemy is devilish and is devoted to wreak havoc on everything that matters to you, to your heart, your mind, your marriage, your family, your children, your relationships, your resilience, your dreams, your destiny. 
if you are going to be formidable and unbeaten by Him in all these aspects of your life, you cannot go commando around leaving your heart and your mind exposed and vulnerable to His attack. He has studied you, your tendencies and your habits. And He sees the deepest fears and weaknesses that you have. And He aims at those areas in particular. So if you have find yourself in a loop, constant loop of going through the same again and again, this attack again and again, could it be that you really need to wear that armour of God and cover the exposed part that continues to get into that loop? Be it that temptation, be it that feeling of guilt and shame, or be it that sin, what is it that you have left exposed to the enemy to attack? You see, he knows, this enemy knows he cannot destroy you. And you are eternally secured in Christ. But he fully intends to sidetrack your attention by setting off little fires in your life. Fires of insecurities, intimidation, anxiety, worry, stress, and busyness. Oh, that is everybody here. Even retirees are busy. You know, I know that because my father-in-law, he's a retiree and he is very busy. We got so many things in our lives that need our attention, that want our attention. We live in a world that is so busy, going, 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 unless, you know, we move to the kampong and you just relax. But in the city, it is bursting with activities and the enemy says, wow, best near. I get to use all these things to distract the people of God away from him. And he wants you to think that it is acceptable to use these reasons to not draw closer to God. He wants to keep you unfocused so that he can sneak up from behind and draw you away further and further from God's intended purpose and plan for your life. But God, God, He has provided us with the gears to strategize for victory for all the situations He knows you are going to go through. This armour is suitable for you in the city, when you go on a holiday, when you go and take a break. This armour, you must wear it every single time. Do not let your guard down. You must guard your heart and mind with the truth. Or we will constantly be tripping up. Truth that comes from the Word of God is your support. And it provides the essential backing you need when you're in the midst of spiritual war. Remember, the enemy's overarching device is deception. He, sh he shades reality with enticing and alluring colours, seducing us away from black and white principles, making things grey. He propagates fantasies, causing temporal and insignificant things to somehow appear immensely valuable and favourable. Just this week, again, I read an article that the LGBTQIA indoctrination is being aimed at kids. How do we respond? 
how do we educate our kids of that this culture of the world is not God's standard and yet God loves them. We need to be equipped and we need to do so fast. There is a coach, a come out, come home conference coming up to equip the church in this area for sex and sexuality. You know, if you know of someone who is struggling, a father, a mother, child, or a friend who is seeking for answers, this is a must. You can ask the pastors for more information. The world is, broke, is a broken place. We must be spiritually formidable. We must learn to put on the full armor of God. And you cannot use someone else's armor. You cannot use your parents' armor, nor your siblings' armor, nor your pastor's armor, or the leader's armors. You have to wear your own armor and be protected. You have to take up your role as the warrior prince, princesses, kings, and queens of God. You have to take and put on the full armor of God, which is literally in your hand. How many of you own a phone? Four people? All of us. This phone can con is your sword. Oh. You can even bring it to your throne. Because it's in your phone. The sword, the Bible, the app is available. Download it, download it into your phone. And when you're on the throne, don't scroll and oogle at other things. Start looking at the Word of God, that is the sword, that would give you spiritual formidability. It is literally in your hand. And this, this, is what will strengthen you spiritually. There is no excuse. It will give you formidability, take the trash out of your mind, transform it with the truth of God because the Word of God is alive and active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces our souls, our spirit, joint and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. You have such a powerful tool, but we hardly use it. Start using it and start seeing God do great and mightier things in your life. You think you got a good life now? It can get better. Nobody say an amen. It can get better because the more we know God, the more we partner with His Spirit, the more we put on the armor of God, the more we participate in spiritual things, the more we grow in our spiritual formidability, the more we live with the end game in mind, the more we begin to see God's kingdom here on earth. And that makes the world a better place. That heals the brokenness in our world. It will not be in its totality, remember, but it can happen in eternity. And we must live with that in mind. Amen? And in the third one, third, three points, three keys. The first one, live with the end game in mind. The second, put on your armor. And the third, bond with what makes you strong. We need to watch and pray. 
Earlier on, we said that be strong in the Lord means to be supernaturally infused with strength through the life union with the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a bonding with our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says in verse 18, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions and in all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. We got to keep on going. We got to keep on praying for all the pe- for yourself, your family, your loved ones, the people you care about, the, the, your colleagues, the people that don't like you. We got to keep on praying with all kinds of prayer and requests. We got to keep on praying. We are often weak because we are not bonded with what makes us strong. And we are incredibly vulnerable to the wrong desires that we have. Even as a pastor, I got to constantly spend time with God in order to keep that bond and that strength with Christ. But when we are bonded with the things that make us healthy and strong, it makes us more resistant to the things that make us weak in our flesh. I heard this illustration by Pastor Craig Groeschel. He said this, You would hear people say, I fell into sin. I fell into immorality. No one ever says, I fell into righteousness. You know, I was just walking and I tripped and became holy. Wow! I didn't even plan it, you know, it just happened. I'm so holy, I can't even stand myself. No, nobody plans and nobody stumbles into holiness or righteousness. Nobody slips into that. But we trip and fall into temptation. We need to intentionally pursue righteousness. So it is a conscious decision to choose to bond with God, with Christ, with His Holy Spirit. And that is what makes us strong. We often quote Jesus saying this, The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we use it as a reasonable excuse to skip our spiritual disciplines of formation, of devotion, prayer, reading the Word. Sometimes we can even say, no, my spirit is willing to be kind and generous and loving, but my flesh just cannot. My flesh is so weak. The process of bonding with Christ brings about change brings about a renewal in our hearts, in our spirits. But we must be willing to go through the process of letting go of the old and embracing the something new that the Spirit of God will bring about. The process takes time and it will probably take a lot of open, honest and deep conversations with God in your prayer time. It doesn't just happen. It is an intentional pursuit of it. And having those, and over time, you will begin to see old mindsets and attitudes replaced with new mindsets and new attitudes. Old habits don't die hard. That's just a lie. They are transformed and they can be transformed by new healthy patterns. We just need to start working at it. And instead of doing things my way I'm gonna do it God's way It's giving up rights 
to my life and trusting God with your whole life. The bonding brings about change and it doesn't remain stagnant. It continues on and on and on. Watch and pray. Prayer is a great weapon against temptation. Even Jesus himself, after saying watch and pray to his disciples, felt weak and went and prayed. What more us? Whenever we feel weak, we go for an ice cream. We go and take a nap. Whenever we feel weak, we talk to somebody about it. Where's the pray? Start praying today. Whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. So if you feed your spirit with, with prayer, with intimacy with God, your spirit will grow strong and formidable. But if you starve your spirit from prayer, from the Word of God, from intimacy with God, your spirit will shrink. You cannot expect yourself to be strong and overcoming and be winning the battles that are raging all around us. That is saboing ourselves. That is going spiritually commando. So put on that armour. Take up the shield of faith. Take up the sword of the Spirit. Start praying. To be spiritually formidable, I really, really need to get connected with Christ. Because it is in those secret places, in that secret place, that I am supernaturally infused with that explosive power that makes me strong. Growing up, I intentionally made sure that I was in church, in prayer meetings, in cell groups, in any youth course that is offered in, in church. Because I knew that being in that community, that is a healthy, safe space to grow my faith. But I didn't always start there. When I turned 13, transitioning from um, kids into youth, it was an awkward stage. Didn't really know how to, you know, uh, transition well. But I had one youth leader that would come and fetch me. That would pick me up to go, even though I didn't want to. You know how sometimes parents say, go, and then you say no. It just takes somebody else to come alongside and help. The church really wants to do that. We really want to come alongside each and every one, parents, youth, to help you grow in this spiritual journey. We don't always start at the top. But if that is your end game, if that is your goal, we have to start somewhere. We're going to conclude soon. I started out by saying that we need to be spiritually formidable because we live in a broken world. Not only you, at this age, if the world goes on, your children and your children's children are going to live in this broken world. The legacy that we want to live behind, building legacy, we have to learn to change with the times to pass on this faith that we believe in and raise a standard for this generation to see that our faith works and is true. And this will often lead and require 
us to ask some hard questions. Is God really so powerful? Is God fair? Why doesn't God seem to care about my pain, the pain in this world, the suffering? Or perhaps it is not you who is asking these questions, but your child. Don't brush them off. Don't undermine these questions. Because it is so real. Most children today have de depression tendencies. And they are exposed to methods of self-harm, exposed to abuse, suffering, broken families, more than any generation before. They are influenced by negative media. They are targeted by different agendas faster than we are equipped to take action. I urge you, parents, adults, leaders, older youth, to have open conversations with this generation of children and with the young people. We need to create a safe space for them to grow their faith. You and I, we can be spiritually formidable. But the next generation may not necessarily be. And that is a scary thing. But God has equipped us with the tools in the Spirit. We need to use them. But we need to catch up with what is happening around us and not be so preoccupied with having a good life that we forget to pass it on. Pray with them. Teach them to seek out the truth. Because the seeking of truth is part of finding meaningful answers that will deepen their faith and trust in a God who is beyond our understanding. It will help them to see that God is faithful in the midst of pain and suffering. This process will strengthen not only their faith, but yours too. This morning there is a call to action. A call to build spiritual legacy. And it can only be done if we are involved and not distant. There is a saying that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. We have missed the boat. But the next best time is now. As the kids and youth pastor of this church, well, you can see my heart grows out and is heavy to reach this generation. We want to grow the church. And I believe that many of you here today want to see God's church grow. You want to see your children and your grandchildren grow in their faith. But we are at a loss. How? As a church, I can say we are doing our best to reach 
those that are within our walls. At Life Kids, we have invested in new materials, added with creative media to make it more engaging for them. But we call out to parents. Don't just leave it to the church. Two hours a week, 52 times a year is not enough. More needs to be done to input into the spiritual formation and formidability of your children, of the children in this church. Pastor Francis prayed this morning, they are the future of our church. These youth that are sitting here are the future of the church. We have so much more to do to pour in and impart into their lives. Spiritually, I know, I know, physically, I know all of us are very busy. But we cannot be too busy that we neglect building the spiritual legacy. I thank God and my family, while we are busy doing ministry, the grandparents come alongside to impart into my child. Grandparents, you have an important role. But parents, don't neglect yours. <laughs> the call to action today is will you pray and partner with the church, the pastors and the leaders and the teachers to get equipped so that we can build children and youth who are spiritually formidable in their generation. Who will, who will then pass it on for the next generation. We're no longer talking about just the next, we're talking about the now. The now is at risk of brokenness. Are we going to rise up together to build it? Not just build my life, but build a spiritual legacy. If you say today, Pastor, how can I help? And you are willing. I challenge you, would you stand with me this morning? To live with that end game in mind. That the young people, they need more than what is going on now. I know I said that you cannot wear somebody else's armour but the armour that you wear and the prayers that you pray can help to protect those that come under your covering so if you say today I will put on my armour and I will start praying for those that are around me would you also stand? Today, let us partner together. Let money not be an issue. Let time not be an issue. 
But when God speaks to our hearts in that secret place and begin to prompt us to make time or to sow, that we would be so willing to just listen and obey and by faith begin to act. God is worthy. God is good. Everything that you are standing for today, I believe will reap a harvest in the future. That at least 20 years from now, we can say we started building the tree. We started planting the tree. It is not too late because we are partnering with the Holy Spirit. Amen? So right where you are, begin to say, God, here I am. This is the call. I want to be a part of it. I don't really know how. Or perhaps God is already laying in your heart what to do. Whether it is to be equipped, whether it is to sow, whether it is just to make time to have an open conversation with someone without judgment but creating a safe space for them to be heard for them to pour out their frustration and then encourage them to seek out the truth what is it that God is saying to you today? make that commitment with Him and ask the Holy Spirit to open those doors Shikarabasandarabariandarabashandai. <laughs>